This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. This is the first episode in 2023, so I want to greet our listeners on Mater Dei Radio, but Archbishop, we have listeners on podcasts, on the Hail Mary Media app, and through social media, we are really reaching more and more of our audience, so Happy New Year to you. Yes, Happy New Year. It's hard to believe. Now we got to get used to 2023. <laughs> I was just getting used to 2022. I but... know. It went too fast. Right. But here here we go. Here we go. And I thought this would be a beautiful time. We we actually, it feels like Christmas is such a quick season. Yeah. And I want to keep that message of Christ, that message of why he came, mm-hmm. why he was born, why he comes in our hearts, and how are we going to respond in this episode of just really looking at the season of Christmas and transitioning into what we call ordinary time, or maybe just living out our daily lives Mm -hmm. with the gift of Christ in our lives. So if you would help us start with a prayer. Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we have entered into this new calendar year, we ask you to be with all of us, and especially with all of our listeners, to continue to guide us in this new year ahead, so that each day we may grow fervently and zealously in faith, hope, and love and that you will set our hearts on fire by the Holy Spirit for the work of evangelization which you have placed before us. So we place this time, as always, in your hands, Father, asking you to lead us and guide us. And all this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. O Mary conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. One of the beautiful feasts in the season of Christmas is Epiphany, Mm -hmm. and so that's our final Sunday. In fact, as I looked at the calendar, it's Epiphany, and the following Monday is the baptism of the Lord. Now, sometimes that comes to the following Sunday. Yes, it's because it's, it's it's this weird thing that happens on the church's calendar whenever Christmas falls on a Sunday. Sunday, okay. Because the, the, the track of the feasts then, because normally... And not to get too detailed with this, but normally the first Sunday after Christmas is the Feast of the Holy Family. Right. Okay, well, that has to then be the next the next Sunday. And then, of course, Epiphany has to have its own day. So that bumps the baptism of the Lord. <laughs> so baptism of the Lord gets bumped to, to the Monday after after Epiphany. So anyway, it's it's just one of those weird yeah. church calendar things that happens whenever Christmas falls on a, on a Sunday. Well, I want to encourage people to keep that spirit of the Christmas season. It is something we should have every day, but... But 
that feast epiphany and that particular time in Christ's birth, the Holy Family, the manifestation that Christ is born, the Savior of the world, some recognize, Mm -hmm. some don't. But these particular characters that we hear about in sacred scripture, they do respond. They respond and recognize something special has happened with the birth of this son. Right, and the the specifically... Uh, you know, especially with the Feast of the Epiphany and the Baptism of the Lord. Of course, I hope we all know what the Epiphany is. Of course, that's the uh, the celebration that we have of the of the Magi who came from the east, uh, following the star, to adore uh, the newborn King of the Jews, as as they tell uh, Herod. And of course, the, we know what the Baptism of the Lord is. These are actually. Uh, mysteries, if you will, of what we call manifestations of Christ. Manifestations, which means now he is being made known. He is being revealed uh, to to the nations. And really, Pope St. John Paul II really kind of picked up on this idea and this theme of manifestation when he instituted the luminous mysteries Mm -hmm. of the Most Holy Rosary. Uh, because those luminous mysteries, meaning the mysteries of light, are meant to be all mysteries that that reveal Christ in some way and, and, and manifest Him. You know, we look at those those mysteries. You know, you 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 have the the baptism of of the Lord. Of course, we don't have the Epiphany uh, because that's kind of wrapped into the, uh, the the celebration of the birth of Christ. Uh, you know, that we have it in the in the joyful mysteries, but but the especially the baptism of the Lord uh, and the wedding feast at Cana. Uh, the uh, you know proclamation of the gospel, the the transfiguration, and then the presence in the Eucharist. But the church has always connected these three events in the life of Christ as 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 sort of epiphanies or manifestations of Christ, and they are the epiphany when the Magi came, guided by the star, so the star reveals the child of Bethlehem, uh, the baptism of the Lord, interestingly enough, which doesn't happen until he's an adult. Yeah. But that's a manifestation of Christ, of who he is, because the voice his father is heard. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. But also then the, the miracle of the wedding feast at Cana is also tied in as a mystery of manifestation or an epiphany, if you will, of the Lord, um, because that's his first sign, his first miracle. And even in the church's liturgy, especially in the liturgy of the hours, the divine office, you'll see on uh, these feasts, this this strong connection between those three events. They're actually all three commemorated in the church's liturgy at once uh, in, the, in the liturgy of the hours because it, we've celebrated the birth of Christ. But now, as you say, well, who is he? Who is this child born in Bethlehem? Uh, what, is his, what does his coming mean? Uh, and so that is made known. That is made manifest. That is revealed to the nations. You know, the Magi represent the, the Gentile nations, that, that Christ has come as a redeemer of all, that he, is not, he has not come just for the redemption of Israel, but he has come as Savior of the world to redeem all mankind uh, through his passion, death, and resurrection. And so the Magi coming is, is, a, is a manifestation, an epiphany, that, that this one has come to save all. He is, he is for all people. And, and so we, we celebrate that. We celebrate his baptism because that's when 
the Father revealed him and, and his first sign. So it's all about making it known who is this one who has come among us. He has come as Savior, as Redeemer, as Lord, uh, as the one who brings meaning and purpose uh, and reconciliation and peace to our lives. Right. And what we hear in the scriptures, when it is made known that there is a king to be born, Herod is threatened, and in fact, violence is imposed upon a group of people mm-hmm. who who he's trying to find that child, right. who could threaten his own kingship. And so within this babe being born, we have suffering, we have threatening, we have some who will not recognize Christ's yes, you know, true kingship. Yeah, Herod's, uh, Herod's own uh, uh, fear, his own ego, his own pride, uh, very much gets in the way. Yeah. You know, he's very deceptive, you know, of course, to the, to, the, to the Magi, to the wise men coming from the East when they come looking for the newborn king of the Jews. You know, see, and people need to understand that Herod is the king of the Jews. Uh, I mean, of course, Israel does no, the, the, the kingdom of Israel and Judah, uh, you know, the Jews, they no longer have a real political, powerful kingdom. They're under the Romans. Uh, so you remember this part of the world is under Roman occupation at this time. But they allow the Jews to have a king, even though he's, he's sort of impotent in, in terms of his, his real authority and power to govern. Uh, so that's Herod. He is the king of the Jews. And so when the Magi tell him, ah, we've come searching out the newborn king of the Jews, well, you can imagine yeah. how threatened Herod is, even though we're, we're talking about a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that shows you the depth of Herod's uh, fear and uh, obsession with, with his own authority and power and, and will. Um, yes, and, and so there's that part. But he deceives him, say, oh, but once you find him, come back and let me know so I can go adore him too. Mm-hmm. No, he wants to go and destroy him. And so when the Magi sneak away without reporting back to Herod, well, then to squash this newborn king of the Jews, this threat to him, he, of course, orders the, the, the killing of all, you know, the, the newborn boys under the age of two, you know, and it's just, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's a slaughter. It's the slaughter of the innocents. Uh, yeah, so, so this beautiful Christmas story is also, we begin to uh, reveal who Jesus is, is remember when he's presented in the temple uh, by his parents, you know, Simeon says to Mary, this child is destined for the rise and the fall of many in Israel, a sign that will be contradicted. You know, so even in his infancy, there's contradiction, there's opposition. Uh, and with so then we get, uh, you know, Mary and Joseph and the child having to flee into Egypt for safety, for protection, you know, so they become, you know, refugees uh, and, and, and immigrants, right. if you will, and, and foreigners in a strange land. Right. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Jesus' life is, is, is very much mixed up, uh, in, in a sense, with our own in terms of some of the sufferings and the things that we experience in life. Jesus did not, did not uh, dispense himself from experiencing life and even its difficulties in its fullness. Mm-hmm. And as we approach, I guess, a transition out of this Christmas season— taking this message, taking the message of hope that Christ does offer, he continues to offer in receiving his presence, in recognizing his presence in our lives. How do we continue to do that when it's a new year? We may have certain goals we want to accomplish, or, or we've, got to, we've got to financially provide for our families. I mean, there's just people who are on the edge, and yet Jesus provides us hope 
but that temptation to go back and just focus on the world. Mm-hmm. Focus on, I've got to get my bank account. I've got to get this in order. I've got to get that in order. How do we, Archbishop, continue to keep Christ in the center of our families, of my work, of the things that I'm trying to do to make it? Well, I, I would start with, you know, you may you said that, you know, Jesus is the one that brings us hope. I think what we need to recognize is Jesus is our only hope. <laughs> Jesus is really, bottom line, if you will, is our only hope. He is the one who reveals to us who we really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one who reveals to us what life is really all about. Um, he He's the one who gives that, that, that uh, uh, as Pope Benedict speaks of in Deus Caritas as the encounter with Christ, he gives that, that, that new horizon to life and that definitive direction to life. And so he is our only hope. He is the light that comes to shine in the darkness. Um, so f- first of all, you have to, we have to recognize that because we, we place a lot of hope in other things. We place hope in, in, in our you know, material uh, sustenance. We, you know, I'm not even saying wealth. I'm just saying getting by. Uh, we put our, our hope in ourselves. We put our hope sometimes in other people. And it's, you know, it's not that we ignore those things. Those things are, are the grit, uh, grist of life. You know, that's what we have to deal with. So it's not like we just say, you know, in a Pollyanna sort of way, say, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, we just have, have our hope in the Lord. No, and we still have to deal and contend with the very realities of life. And, and my heart goes out to people these days, you know, because it's getting more and more difficult for many, you know, just even to, to get by, you know, financially, you know, to put food on the table for your children, to provide education for your children, to provide, you know, shelter and clothing and, and all of those things. Uh, th- those are real realities that people deal with every day. And we just can't, you know, sort of, uh, you know, pass them by as, as, as being, you know, not of great concern. No, of course they are. But we have to keep everything in perspective. And we have to remember that ultimately our hope our desire, our purpose, our meaning does not exist in these things. It transcends these things. And Christ is the one who gives that definitive direction and, and the, that new horizon to our life. He keeps us focused on the things that really matter and our eternal destiny, quite honestly. That's what we were made for. We were, we were not made for this world in the end. We pass through as pilgrims. We're on our way home, though, to, to a new kingdom. Of, of justice, light, and peace where there will be no more, you know, suffering. And so, uh, you know, we pass through, as St. John of the Cross says, we pass through the thicket of suffering in order to reach, you know, the, the pastures, if you will, uh, of eternal life. And so, but it's Christ. So I think part of, of, of keeping, our, uh, keeping our focus on this is, is just to do that, is to just remember each day. And I, I, I know I keep talking about it, but I keep getting so much good positive feedback about the profound difference it's made in people's lives, is that surrender novena. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that, that beautiful surrender novena, which has actually transformed my life, whether I'm facing just a day in general or whether I'm facing a specific challenge. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. You take care of it. You take care of it. I trust you. I trust you. That surrender, that 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 submission uh, to the Lord brings such great peace. It doesn't take away mm-hmm. the struggle, in a sense, right? but it brings a whole new perspective to it. 
And it's not ultimately up to me. I'm in the hands of the Lord. The Lord loves me, uh, and and I follow him, and I follow his will. So as we go about, you know, and I don't know how many people make New Year's resolutions anymore. Um, I've given up making New Year's resolutions. I I, I mainly do resolutions uh, for Lent. Uh, that's been that's my big resolution time, and I hope to carry through even past Lent with some of those resolutions. But if you do, if you're one of those that likes to make New Year's resolutions, and that's a good time to do it as the beginning of a new year when the calendar changes, just make sure you include spiritual resolutions in that. You know, so it's not just about quitting smoking or cutting back on drinking or losing weight or getting back to the gym or whatever it might be, reading more, uh, watching less TV, whatever. Make spiritual resolutions. Make spiritual resolutions. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to spend 15 minutes uh, more in prayer each day. I'm going to pray the rosary every day. Or I'm going to read scripture for five minutes every day. Or I'm just going to look over the scripture readings for the daily mass that day, even if I don't go to daily mass. What are the daily readings for today? Something. Something spiritual that will keep you grounded in faith, grounded in hope, grounded in love, grounded in your relationship with Jesus, whose birth, you know, we've just celebrated and whose epiphany, his manifestation we have, we have made known to the world. Well, he has to change our life first. Mm -hmm. He does have to change our life first. And he wants to change our life. He's just waiting. And you've mentioned that word response. As we talk about Mm -hmm. our story, how are we responding? And for me, I think it's a daily, it's almost like every hour I've got to respond. And sometimes I'm tempted, Archbishop, to think about that person, that person, and that person's sins, or how come they're responding in a certain way that maybe is not Christ-like when I have to remember, I can only try to control my response. And I think that temptation for us to fix everybody else's lives can distract us from my life. And how am I going to respond to Christ? Right. And because if we have had the encounter with the one who has rescued us, and, you know, and that was the message uh, yeah. I, I, I had asked the priest to, to give during the Advent season, the, the story of the kerygma. You know, captured by those, now I'm just using a pun now, using the words created, captured, rescued in response. You know, we have just celebrated the one who came to rescue us. Uh, rescue us from what? Rescue us from sin, our sins. Rescue us from eternal death. And to open up for us the way uh, to eternal life. So if, if we have encountered this one who has rescued us, if we really have had that encounter with him, with this event of our salvation and with this person who is the eternal son of God, then it demands a response from us. It demands a response. It doesn't just, you know, suggest a response or a response would be nice. If we have truly encountered this, this, this Christ, this God made flesh, this Emmanuel, this God with us, if we have really encountered him, in our lives, in our in his word, in the sacraments, in our own personal prayer, in our relationship with him. If we've had this encounter with him who has come to our rescue, God coming to our rescue, then it demands a response. We cannot go on. We can't ho-hum, yawn, and just go on with the status quo. It has to transform our life so that I don't see just some things differently. I see everything differently. I see everything literally 
everything I see through the lens of my relationship with Jesus, my relationship with God. Everything is seen through that lens and in that perspective so that every decision I make this year, every choice I make this year should be informed by my response to this encounter with God that has changed my life. Otherwise, it just becomes another uh, event that we've celebrated. And we, you know, it's like we go through the cycle every year of, of celebrating Christmas and we have the birth of Christ and we celebrate Christmas and we go through even some of the frustrations of that time. And then it's over and the Christmas decorations come down, the lights come off uh, the house and uh, we go back into ordinary time and life just goes on. Uh, you know, and, and has anything really changed? Mm-hmm. That's my challenge for me first. Yeah. That's my challenge for me first. And because I don't listen, I don't exempt myself from any of what I'm saying uh, because I'm as prone, you know, I may be an archbishop, but I'm human and I'm as prone to some of these same tendencies as, as anybody else in this culture we're living in today. So, you know, I have to challenge myself first that, that you know, s- my life has to change I need to be different, and I cannot just—I just can't go on as 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 usual. I, I would hope each year, uh, you know, it's, whether it's Christmas, whether it's coming into Lent and celebrating the the, the Easter mysteries, that at each time we experience these 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 new celebrations of our redemption of our of our story of our salvation, that they each time change us more and more and more and more to be more like Christ, uh, um, you know, that, that, that we, can, we can do that. You know, one of my favorite, you know, when I say about, you know, becoming more like Christ, one of my favorite quotes of, of Pope St. John Paul II when he was uh, speaking at the beginning of the new millennium, which is, you know, gosh, it's 23 years ago, huh? Wow. Uh, said that, you know, we, that, that, that we are not, we are not the sum of our failures, our weaknesses, and our sins. We are the sum of the Father's love for us. And the real possibility of becoming more like Christ, of being transformed into Christ, that's who we are. And that's what we need to remember each day. And that's why I hope we make these spiritual resolutions. Mm -hmm. And I hope we respond to what God has done for us in his son Jesus out of gratitude uh, for all that he has done without Christ, we're, we're, we're lost. We're completely lost. And I know the world, so many in the world don't see that anymore. And that's part of our response, too, is to share that good news. It doesn't help. See, this is why it's so important that we be transformed, because it doesn't help to go to another and just start preaching about Christ mm-hmm. and salvation in Christ, because they're looking at us like, well, why do I need that? I don't think I need salvation. I'm My life's pretty good, you know, or yeah, I, I'm getting along just fine without God. You know, what's, what's this all about? We have to, so how do you break through that? We have to witness to how Christ has changed our life. Yeah. That's the key. Because if, if Christ has not changed our life, then we can't credibly and, and effectively share him with others. Mm-hmm. We, need to, we need to be transformed ourselves so that we can share with others how our encounter with the living God and Jesus uh, has has changed us and transformed our life and made our life so much better. Absolutely. One of the constant companions for this 2023 
year year A, we're into year A, is Matthew. We'll hear a lot from the Gospel of Matthew as we transition now into ordinary time. Just as we close, just a little bit of a thought or helping as we want to maybe get more into Scripture. Yeah. How do we work with one of the Gospels mm-hmm. as a focus throughout a whole season? Yeah, well, many people not, may not be aware that, you know, the church operates on a, a three-year cycle for our Sunday readings. So each year... Uh, your ABC, or in your A, as you point out, each year focuses on uh, one of the th- uh, three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are you know synoptic, meaning they're 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 roughly you know telling the same story just in different ways and with different events. But I mean, they're, you can make a lot of connections from one gospel to the other. They're they they feed off of each other in in, in some way, and even in their writing. So this year we're in, in, in year A, so we're going to be reading on Sundays through the, through the Gospel of Matthew. And then we read John, you know, uh, specifically, especially during the Easter season. So yes, this would be a great time to really dive into to a, to a Gospel. You know, and oftentimes people say, well, you know, where, if I want to read the Bible, where should I start? Well... Even though I know, you know, there's the great uh, Bible timeline series and there's, you know, Father Mike Schmidt's you Bible, know, Bible in a Year, in a year <laughs> where you kind of go through beginning to end. But I think for the average reader, if you're not doing it in that intensive study way, the best place to start is with the Gospels. Read a Gospel. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, either Mark or, or, or Matthew are recommended as just the starting point. Just read the Gospel. And and so that's my, would be a spiritual challenge for all of us is, is mm-hmm. um, really read through this year in a, in a deeper way and maybe even with some commentary and some study and some deeper reflection and 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 maybe some meditations upon the readings you know there's all kinds of resources out there that that'll do that for you but just read through a gospel this year mm-hmm. and really dive into it and and let let that cuz that's where we encounter Jesus we encounter him of course in the church we encounter him in the sacraments we encounter him on Sunday worship when we read the scriptures in mass but Especially we encounter him in his word, in the Gospels. That's where we hear the words of Jesus, and that's where we see his actions. That's where we can imaginatively place ourselves in those scenes, as St. Ignatius of Loyola recommends to us in, in, in that Lexio Divina approach. Yes, so that would be a great resolution for this year, yes. is, to, is to read the Bible. I, I love it. And <laughs> that's exactly what we should do. And Happy New Year to everybody who has tuned in today. Thank you so much, Archbishop. Would you help us close yes. with our blessing? I ask the abundant grace and blessing upon all of you in this new year, that it be a year filled with uh, God's greatest graces and blessings in your life and, and all of the help that you need from God and each of the challenges that you face. And so through the intercession of the Most Holy Mother of God, Mary, May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, have a blessed week and a blessed new year. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. 
Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.